Hey, welcome to the Next Step Podcast. This is episode number eight, and our mission and purpose of doing this is so people can see other people take their next step in their journey with Christ by loving Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and sharing Jesus with others. So our guest today is none other than Mr. David Bushart. Welcome, David. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. We're so glad that you're here and uh, just got so many great things to share with us. So kind of tell us about David. Where are you from? How'd you get here? Sure. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I'll take you all the way back, I guess. Uh, okay. So I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Uh, so spent the first 11 years of my life there. Uh, family relocated to Gastonia. Okay. Buffalo's my first team when I was a kid. I loved oh, yeah? the Buffalo Bills. Back when OJ was okay. You yeah. know, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. No, a lot, a lot to be happy about more recently than not. You yeah. know, uh, 90s were a tough time. But right. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> the four falls of Buffalo. Right? <laughs> but they didn't make it to the Super Bowl four times, right? There you so go. anyway. There you go. Well, so you, you left there after how old? How old? Uh, 11. You came here in 11. Okay. Yep. yep. So started sixth grade middle school um, okay. here at Cramerton at, Middle. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, on to high school after that at Forest View. Okay. And then uh, and that's where I met my wife, Stacy. Fantastic. Yeah. So we met when we were 16 years old, and we've been together ever since. So wow. yeah, we hit a cool milestone this year where we've been we have spent more of our lives together than not. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So so you're a little bit past 32. At least you are. Yes, I just turned 33. Okay. Yep. Fantastic. Yep. So tell us how you met Stacy. How did that happen at the high school and everything? <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we had a class together. Um, it was uh, like a health sciences class, and um, you know every now and then she just kept sitting a little closer and closer. Yeah. So I like to joke that she she initiated it. Okay. Although I think I. Definitely outpunted my coverage. You okay. Know? Like, so I, I'm I like a benefactor it. in this. Yeah. Um, but she took the first move. You That's know? cool. Um, so you're such a likable guy, right? I, I do my best, <laughs> you know, she saw something, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we started hanging out and going football games and had more classes together and, uh, you know, things just started clicking. And then, um, I went off to school at UNC Wilmington after, okay. after high school. And so you're a seagull, right? Is that, I was, is that uh, what they are? Yeah. Uh, Seahawks. Seahawks, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, That's yeah. right. Yep. And then, uh, so I, I went there first couple of years, uh, and then she transferred in junior year. So uh, okay. so we both went to school and graduated from there. Um, and then shortly after graduation, uh, we got engaged. And by that point, it had been six years okay. together. Right. And so we said, you know what? That, I think this is the real deal. <laughs> That's cool. And uh, so we got married in uh, uh, 2013. And, uh, and so, you know, I was about to celebrate, uh, 10 years. Fantastic. Yeah. Congratulations. So, and you have one child and one on the way. We do. Yeah. So we have a three-year-old daughter, Finley. Um, she is, uh, she keeps us busy. Uh-huh. She's a toddler. So Absolutely. they do that. Uh, but she's got a great personality. She's hilarious. So tell us, that's a great unique name. Tell us about Finley. How, how did she get that name? It's a great question. Uh, we get that a lot. Uh, honestly, uh, it was a name that we picked out in college. Okay. So long before we got engaged or had started thinking about having kids, we just, we liked the name. We came across it. I don't even remember how. And, uh, and so it stuck. And then, you know, God was gracious enough to bless us with a girl. And so uh, we were like, we already got a name. We're good to go. That is so cool. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And your baby, you've got another one within a matter of a month or two? Is that uh, right coming? Due date is August 1st. Okay. Yep. So gender TBD okay. on that one. Okay. Um, but uh, but we've got some names picked out on both sides. So okay. we have an idea of where we're going to go. Good deal. So you're, you're yep. keeping it a mystery for now. We are keeping it a mystery. So we know because okay. the, the planner in me had to know. Yeah, I understand. And Blue or pink or whatever. Yeah. I understand. I, do I have to buy a whole bunch of new things or are yeah. we okay? You know, everything, right? Well, you'll have to come back in August and tell us <laughs> what the gender of the baby was, what the new name is. Yeah, that's right. That'll be awesome. We'll do a rerun episode. Yeah. No, so Stacy, if I remember, is in the medical field. Is that correct? She is. Yeah, she is a nurse at Novant. Uh, she works in the NICU with all of the um, yeah early babies. Um, she it's incredible work that she does. She's on her feet for twelve hours, which you know seven months pregnant is uh, a bit challenging to Absolutely. say the least. Uh, but she's incredible and uh, does a great job. And I think uh, in a lot of ways gets to be a part of a very unique journey with Absolutely. parents in her own way. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of trust that, that has to be earned and given in, in that role. Yeah, I can see her. She's very gentle in her spirit and very yep. kind. And I can see she's exactly the kind of nurse that people would need. Yeah. And those kind of constant where life is on the balance all the time, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and wow. one thing about her is she has a level head 
no matter what the situation. She tells, she tells a story when she was a kid. Uh, her brother was cooking something in the kitchen and caught the pan on fire, panicked, just threw it in the floor, melted the linoleum, and, you know, nervous, panicking, you know, losing his mind. And, uh, and she walks in, grabs the fire extinguisher, puts it right out. And you know, wow. walks right back in the living room, you know. And so, so that's, when you're in danger, she she's, she's available to help too. That's right. Yeah, that's awesome. She, she does not lose her head. <laughs> Have you had a situation like that happen in your marriage? Like you've had an accident or something's caught on fire in the kitchen or something like that where she's used her skills or no? Thankfully not. Good. Thankfully not. No, Good. everything's been safe. You know, a couple couple falls and tumbles with with Finley, but um, you know, nothing sure. that requires a fire extinguisher. That's thankfully. good. <laughs> yeah, you don't use a fire extinguisher on Finley anytime yeah. soon. <laughs> exactly. That's cool. So you got us out of college and you've, we understand you have a child and how long you've been married. So tell us a little bit about your career journey yeah. and what you do and, and that kind of thing. Sure. So um, I, I work for Bank of America. I'm, I'm in uh, what we consider our learning department uh, okay. within the bank. So it's it's obviously a massive company and uh, global presence. And so uh, part of what I do there is my team develops uh, training for people who are coming into technology. And then my team specifically delivers that training. And okay. so, and then we kind of have a, a feedback loop into the training process and the design work and things like that. So, um, so that's most of my day is, um, around training curriculum development, um, and delivery. That's fantastic. So you seem to be kind of a learner anyway. Have you ever taken the strengths finder and is one of your strengths like being a learner or a strategist or something? It is. is yep. It? Okay. Yep. Planning strategy. Um, and that's mainly what I do every cool. day is just try to see the forest through the trees and the bigger picture, but the, the minuscule picture within as well. Cool. So I'm assuming you're taking an employee who's at a certain level. You want them to learn how to do various kinds of tasks to make it to be in the level they're expected for now, but also for the future. And you're helping them to design kind of the curriculum, the courses they need to take so that they can get to that level. That's right. Yeah. And, and just identifying where are the gaps, you know, and, and how can we help you in your journey? Right. You know, I think the in large part, a lot of it is about you've gotten to this point. Obviously, you got the job. You're here. Right. But how do we help you in your trajectory and your continued career? Fantastic. And I think that's great that your corporation is taking the initiative to help people to get to the level where they need to be. Absolutely. And awesome. I've been a large benefactor of it as well. Right. And, you know, if you, if you think you're coming into something and, and you know everything, you're probably going to be part of a problem at some point. And yeah. so it's the forever learners that get in and go, how can I be better? How can I, you know, make adjustments or what additionally can I learn to take the next role? Yeah. So have you learned to be a Carolina Panthers fan or are you still a Buffalo Bills fan? <laughs> um, oddly enough, uh, I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan. Oh, okay. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, so I grew up, I don't know how it happened, uh, but I grew up in, you know, Buffalo country, right? right. Everybody's big Bills fans. And um, somehow I ended up with an Indianapolis Colts poster on my okay. wall one day. You know, the, the, you know, the book fairs that we used to do when we were kids yeah. and got money to bring home books and I brought home a poster and yeah. it was a, you know, odd team that, you know, nobody was really familiar with, at least in my house, yeah. right? Um, so I don't know how that happened, but it happened. So is yeah. Peyton Manning still playing then, or is he starting out to play? Or uh, He was starting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And, and then so that just kind of, you know, blossomed into a love for the Colts. And then my wife and I got to spend four years in, or I spent four years, she spent three in Indianapolis. Really? After college, yeah. So it all, it all came full circle. So it was good. How cool <laughs> is that? So here's something you didn't know. When I was a child, I spent... A year in Indianapolis. Did you? Yeah. Between my sixth and seventh year, seventh and eighth year, first, second grade. Yeah. My dad was pastor at the First Southern Baptist Church of Indianapolis. Oh, that's great. So where, where'd you guys live? We, we, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it was by a creek and it was a two-story house and it was across the street from a lady who had tulips. And one day I decided to go pick my mom some flowers. So I picked her a whole hand full of this lady's flowers. <laughs> my mom went over and apologized. I also remember the whiteouts that would come when oh, the yeah. snow got really bad and I was a kid in the middle street one day and all of a sudden it's like, just yep. everything was white. And I remember where my neighbor's garage was and I, I went and felt, and I pulled his garage door open. It's like a big black hole in the middle of the white. Yep. It was, that was my big, plus it was cold yep. a lot. And we were there in the springtime too. So you got to actually be in Indianapolis. I'm sure you went to Colts games too while you're there, right? Uh, I didn't actually. Okay. Yeah. I did. So I worked for a nonprofit and okay. I had no money to do anything besides <laughs> just live and do what we needed to do. Um, Which nonprofit? So I was actually in a fraternity uh, okay. when I was at UNCW, Alpha Tau Omega. It's a, a Judeo-Christian yeah. uh, based fraternity. Yeah. And My brother was in that USC. Really? South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. ATO. Yeah. And so, uh, so I actually went to go. My first job out of school was I worked there as a leadership consultant and then eventually director of chapter services. And 
Um, and that's, we'll get to it, I'm sure, but a big okay. part of my faith journey as well hmm. uh, through the fraternity. And I think a lot of people look at that and they go, fraternity, Jesus, yeah. that, those aren't connected. right? Water no, turned to one, that kind of stuff, yeah. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about that. So you all, you took this job with a fraternity you were part of college with. Yeah. So tell us about that part of your faith journey. Yeah, well, so I grew up in, in faith, right? So my, you know, we uh, we grew up Episcopalian, and then early on, before we moved, uh, we we started trying different churches, and I think um, part of that was just seeing what else is in the area, right? But I think mm-hmm. the fruit of that became getting to see Christianity through the lens of multiple denominations right. and how people view God in the world differently, yeah. right? Or view the scriptures differently, right? And and so that really, as an, at an early age, developed a lot of how I saw uh, Jesus in my life, right? Cool. Um, so you came from a very high church tradition with a liturgy and yep. formalized prayers. And what was the first step uh, uh, to the side or in front of or behind? Where did you go next after Episcopalian uh, journey? Point? We went to a Wesleyan church, actually, but it was at the time, and I don't even know if it's still there, uh, but it's, it's a big it was a big kind of like mega church. Okay. So we went from this congregation at a small Episcopal church, maybe 30 to 50 people, yeah. you know, one service on a Sunday kind right. of deal to this church that had this big auditorium, you know, thousands of people and wow. complete opposite experience. Yeah. When, where was that? Uh, that was in Buffalo as well. Okay. It was, uh, well, outside of Buffalo, I think in, in Hamburg, okay. uh, New York. So, uh, but, but yeah, so it was, it was a very different, you know, feel, but it felt also like home, right? Yeah. Like as a kid between the ages of nine and 11, right? Um, I felt Jesus here and I felt Jesus there. Yeah. And, you know, and, and what was important was I was there, yeah. um, you know, so, so that was cool. And, yeah. um, and that, and that kind of developed, you know, as I went on. And then I think towards like later high school, college, I kind of, faith was part of me, but it wasn't my day to day, you know, and it was, uh, it was something on my mind, but not in, into practice. Right. And, um, so being in the fraternity kind of re-energized a lot of those, those thoughts and what I believe in and, and core values. And, um, and then again, working at the fraternity after we did this amazing program that we called encounter. Okay. And, uh, and so we actually went out to this, uh, ministry in Colorado and called, uh, it was called revel. Okay. And and what we did was we led 30 guys and through an encounter with Jesus, a very personal encounter. And so a lot of great talks uh, and, and just kind of a really personalized experience and in helping for some of them create their faith journey, but for others, you know, put them back on the journey or right. for others strengthen the journey they're on, right? And I went on a lark uh, because okay. uh, one of the groups that I worked with said, hey, I would love for you to be there. And it would be, it would mean a lot to me if you went. So I said, okay, I'll go. And, uh, I was engaged at the time to Stacy and I said, you know what? I think faith needs to be part of my marriage and it needs to be something I rediscover and, and dive headfirst into. And, uh, and God did incredible things on that trip for me and, cool. um, and led to, you know, a lot of other really amazing things. So a lot of times chance encounters and chance asks in your life can yeah. lead to make life-changing decisions. So when you came back, well, Stacy going, wow, yeah, like we've been drinking <laughs> like water out of a fire hose or something like yeah, that, right? Yeah, pretty cool. much. And, and, and I, you know, well, I remember a lot of tears. I remember mm. this was something she prayed for mm. for a long time, right? And, and, and there's power in prayer, um, but especially her prayers, yeah. you know, and, uh, and yeah, and it was great. And, you know, through God's grace, a lot of amazing things happened, and I learned how to work within the Holy Spirit personally and and have relationship and what that mean and what that means to be uh, in communion with Him on a day to day basis. And and it just when all those things fell into place, it made what was once uh, a ritual practice, mm-hmm. you know, with an Episcopal church or something that seemed like lines to color within and boundaries and rules and all that fell away and made way for what was the real part of it, which was the relationship with Christ. How so, cool is that? Yeah. What are some ways that God revealed himself to you 
it could have been on the encounter retreat or it could have been later on in your journey where you just knew that God was taking you by the heart and leading you into a place. Give us an example of yeah. what that's like. Cause a lot of times people say, well, that sounds real mystical to me. What does it mean to hear from God and to walk with God? Tell us a t- about a time or two when that happened in your life. Yeah. Well, my good friend, Anthony Ashagi and I, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about being much more mystical and spiritual. Yeah. Uh, so I live in that realm a little yeah. bit. And as, as does Anthony. Uh, yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, so I'll give you two stories. Um, you know, I'll try not to be too long winded with them, but take your time. Um, so the first one, both of these happened on, on that first retreat and, and that retreat, by the way, turned into nine retreats over time. And I did one with Stacy as well. And I got to lead some of them. So it, it became an incredible experience in a relationship with this ministry. But uh, on that first one, um, two things happened. And, and I remember going into that, you know, where my headspace was, was I just, I want this to be easier. It should be easier, mm-hmm. right? Being, spending time with Jesus should be easier mm-hmm. than what I've made it to be. And, and I remember too, at that time, just kind of, you know, how do I know God's in the world? How do I, how do I see him? How do I mm-hmm. seek him? How do I experience him? Mm-hmm. Because there's all these stories where people have. So yeah, surely if I'm loved, and he calls me by name, right? But I, there's stuff out there for me too, right? Right. And, and so, so much of your generation really demands almost experiential yeah. learning. I've got to experience it. It's not just because somebody's told me this A, B, and C are true. I need to see A, B, and C demonstrated. Yeah. So no, that was an right. example of that. That's right. You. And and he did demonstrate. Um, so I, uh, I'm really into journaling. Um, I've it's it's something that I, I like to do. So I keep prayer journals and things like that, and I like to write down, you know, in times where I've, I feel Jesus or the spirit and you know, write things down. And, um, at that retreat was where I started doing that. Hmm. And so I, I remember I drew an eye, just, just an eyeball. And I drew a tear coming out on this side, which is you know, weird. Cause when you cry, you know, normally it comes out mm-hmm. towards your nose. And the next day, and I don't know why I drew it. I just did. I just felt like it. Right. The next day, um, there was an artist that used to put together these stickers mm-hmm. and he gave them to the ministry and then the ministry would give them out. Right. So I'm upstairs at this retreat and a friend of mine knocks down all these stickers and they're all over the floor and we start picking them up and putting them back. And then he goes, Oh, there's one over there. And I see it. It's face down. I pick it up and it's the exact same thing I drew. No way. The exact same thing. Wow. And Tear coming down the side and everything yep, on the, on this side. And it was just this powerful moment of <laughs> he's listening. Yeah. He's around. Yeah. And he knows. Right. So that was one. I mean, it was incredible. And when you open up your mind to that and your heart to that, the more he reveals. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was a big part of this men's group that we just finished up. But quickly on this other story, uh, same retreat, um, we did an exercise around just listening prayer. Right. And, and listening for a word. Um, you know, an image, something that, that he has for you. And, and a friend of mine at the time said, I don't know why, but I just, I keep getting this like a hot air balloon for hmm. you. And I don't really know what that is. Does it mean anything? Does that mean, Are you full of hot air? Yeah, it's like, it means nothing. I don't know what that means. Right. But I prayed on it a lot after the retreat. And, and um, what was funny was, and how many times have you seen a hot air balloon in live person? Not often. It would happen to me on a weekly basis. Wow. Uh, every, I'd be driving somewhere, there's one in the sky. Or I'd be, you know, I traveled a lot, so I'd you know, be in this state, here's one over the airport. I'd be over here and here's one, right? And then I started seeing it everywhere. Books, um, you know, wall art, right? You know, wherever. It's just mm-hmm. constant reminders of, of him, right? Awesome. And what that became was reminders of his goodness, reminders of his presence. And what I've seen is that I probably sound crazy, but uh, no, not at what, all. what I've seen in that is when life gets tr- like tricky or we run into situations, there's always one that makes an appearance. Um, and so where, where that's manifested for me is just a reminder of him and his playfulness, right? Yeah. And, and how he interacts with us uniquely and individually. Um, so hopefully that answers your question. Absolutely. But, but, so yeah. some people call those God winks. Yeah. Like moments where or Holy Spirit moments where kind of the spiritual and the natural intersect together. Yeah. And for you, it was a tear and it was also a balloon. So have you ascribed any meaning yourself? Certainly to God's playfulness, you meant that you you think that was what that meant. But any other meanings you ascribe to the tear and to the balloon? 
Um, not necessarily to the tier. The balloon is it is a it is a constant reminder of his presence. Yeah. Um, and and his graciousness and and his protection is is the other word I get out of that a lot. Is right. um, you know, like I said, when when things um, you know, my my wife and I a couple of years ago or last year actually, um, you know, we had went through a miscarriage and I'm sorry. Um, thank you. And, and the first thing that we got brought into the, to the doctor's office and we look up and they had on one of the fluorescent lights, a hot air balloon, uh, painting. Right. And just to like light it up. So it's things like that. Wow. Right. Where it's a constant reminder the guy's of, present. of his presence and protection. Yeah. I think if I was to ascribe some meaning to it, it's also suspended between earth and heaven. Yeah. It's close enough to get back down to earth, but it's also up to heaven. It's like God's, I'm in this space yep. in between. Yep. Wow, that's really cool. So tell us a little bit about the men's group that you just finished or the, or the couple. Was it a men's group, couple's it's group? It's a men's group, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell us about that. So, uh, you know, what's funny, I'll, I'll back up a little bit, but I was always really put off by groups, not, not because of, you know, intimidating or anything like that, but yeah. just because I was like, well, I've got this, I can do it. You yeah. Know? And, and I think a lot of men are probably guilty of that. Sure. Um, not to project, but you know, <laughs> no, we are, we're all posers. Yeah. We, we like to pose and say, we got it all together. And we really don't. Yeah. And, um, so one day yeah, I was, I was at the point and, and, and we had started going to the point right after Finley was born. Okay. Um, so this is COVID, right? This was COVID. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, or right before it. And oddly enough, we went there, uh, out of convenience. We were going to a church in Lake Wiley and, and we just getting a baby out of the door. Like, and so we said, well, we're going to be late. We're going to be at least 20 minutes late. I don't like being late. And I said, okay, so let's go to the point. So we went and, or, all right, Stacy, I give her credit. Um, Stacy said, let's go to the point. And so we did, and, and we never looked back. Right. Um, How cool is that? So what time of the year was it in 2020? You remember? Was it, was it after we started January. meeting back in January? So before the yep. fall then? Yep. January, 2020. Wow. How mm -hmm. about that? I yep. call it before the fall. Before yeah. we had to go home and <laughs> right. not see each other for a long period of time. Right. right. That's really cool. And Anthony told me you struck up a friendship in the midst of yeah. COVID and you met in a group online and yep. that kind of thing. So, so I think it was partially because of COVID just feeling... And, and some of my closest friends came from that time when we lived in Indiana and now we all live in different parts of the country. And so I said, I told Stacey, I said, I just, I feel this yearning for community for, you know, uh, friendships, sure. right. Um, Christ centered friendships, you know, coming from the church. And, um, so I got plugged in, Anthony was leading the group at the yeah. time and there was one other guy with us. And, um, so, I, so he led that time. And then the next time he said, how about you co-lead with me? we do this and yeah. then, and then he said, okay, you got it. Um, and so, uh, so I've done the last three now, I think we just finished our third. Fantastic. Um, so great group of guys, you know, Anthony Shaggy, uh, Bryce Johnson, yeah. Zach Souther. Yeah. Um, so a great core group of guys, um, that I get, I get the privilege of spending time with. And, uh, so we meet on zoom on Wednesdays mm -hmm. and, um, I'm sure the feelings mutual. Yeah, I, I they, so. they feel the same way about you. <laughs> I hope so. so for you, Zoom actually became a place where you could do community. So if I understand correctly, yeah. while COVID's going on, there's still babies are being born. I'm sure Stacy's going into work, right? Yep. Yep. And you're at home and you're taking care of Finley and taking care of Bank of America and what you have to yep. do. But also you're going like, man, I got to have more than just sitting at my desk every morning and sleeping in the same bed at night, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of us, we have young kids and mm -hmm. um, so our schedules are based around their nap time and bedtime. Right. And it's so, sure. you know, for zoom and, and, and not wanting to leave our our wives at home by themselves, yeah. you know, to tend and bath time and all that stuff. Right. So what's great about it is we get to do all that stuff. We get to be dads and be present and, and help and then go, okay, you know, kids are down for bed. Let's jump on zoom. You know, That's cool. And, and group. So speak to some of those people that are out there that go like, I'm not really ready to even meet in person yet. And it's a stretch for me because a third of the folks that are in our audience are still yep. watching primarily online because of health abnormalities or, or health susceptibilities toward illness. And we understand that. So we've decided to become a digital church, yep. meaning we're going to meet together in physical nature, but also meet with people at a distance as well too. But for you, you're saying that zoom really met that need for community with you. We did. Yeah. yeah. And, and, what was great about that, right? And, and to, well, to anybody who, you know, is, is worried about that, right? I think we have a lot of options, you know, to digitally meet with others, whether it's men's groups, women's groups, marriage groups, whatever it is, right? And I think the important part is the community and the right. relationship, right? And I think one thing that, that we talked about in our group was 
getting beyond this surface level, you know, if I see you on Sunday, oh, hey, you know. Yeah. Uh, but let's trust our hearts to one another to know what's going on, right? I Like, mm-hmm. let me pray for you around the things that you need prayer for. Let me be a part of your life and uh, and clue me in on your struggles and mm-hmm. um, all those things. And, and we've gotten to do that um, through a digital space and, cool. and be really intentional with one another, um, both, you know, during the zoom call and, but then also through texting throughout the week. And, and, um, and those are blossomed into great friendships that, you know, where we've cool. gotten to really share our hearts and stuff. So it's been great. So technology can create space for relationships to occur, yeah. just like being in the same room and breathing the same oxygen can Absolutely. make relationships occur too. So Absolutely. what did you just get through studying as a group? What was your study about? So this was great. We, we spent, I think it was great. Um, I think they do too. Um, but we spent 12 weeks and we actually split the 12 weeks up into um, four major foundations of faith, right? Okay. And so when we started the group, I said, you know, I think let's make this 12 weeks about changing our posture to not doing business as usual, mm-hmm. right? And so business as usual, what I mean is... Um, you know, doing my routine with Jesus, whatever that looks like, right? Mm-hmm. And and there and that can be different extents or or whatever. Um, but how do we show him intentionality? How do we show him? Um, I want to meet you uniquely in this season, and mm-hmm. I want more of you because no matter how much we get, there's more, right? Right. And so we broke those up into four foundations. So the first was um, prayer. Second was worship. Or I'm sorry, second was scripture, third was worship, fourth okay. was Holy Spirit. Okay. And so what we did was we spent uh, each of those three weeks. The first the first week of those four series was where are you? Where are you in prayer? Where are you in scripture? What does it mean to you? Do you have routines? Do you not have routines? Um, where would you like to be? How can you know? And just sharing, right? Uh, the second week was a challenge always, right? So with prayer, for example, uh, the challenge was go out and have some prayer. Change your space. If you usually pray before mm-hmm. you go to bed or when you wake up in the morning, go outside, take a walk, and, and experience him different in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then listening prayer, right? So um, what's it like to communicate with God back and forth, right? Um, and then the third was just, the third week of each of those was just coming back and going, okay, um, what did we, how did this change? Is yeah. this something that is now institutional or or part of my schedule where... Um, I'm prioritizing prayer in a different way or scripture in a different way. Um, How cool is that? Yeah. So, yeah. And then towards the end, we got to do some of the exercise I mentioned earlier, right? The listening prayer and um, and going through an encounter. We I, I led them through an encounter, um, which was really cool. Um, and and the fruit of that was just seeing those guys experience the Holy Spirit in in a different way, right? And uh, and being able to find this space to kind of uh, cohabitate with with Jesus. So. How cool is that? Yeah. You guys really are mystical. Yeah. And so mystical yeah. <laughs> has a weird kind of connotation to it. It's not just uh, looking for signs and symbols. Right. It's really experiencing God in a way that is very sensate or sensory oriented yeah. through the uh, seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, all those kinds of things. Yeah. Instead of just, I'm reading something and reading a rote prayer or something I've always gone through, you, you really are taking it or trying, to, applying it to, uh, moment in your life exactly that's yeah. cool and, and each of those things built on each other right so starting with prayer and really learning to how do i communicate right and then scripture how does he communicate back to me right through the word or through prayer right and then and then in uh worship is how do i change my atmosphere to an atmosphere of worship to yeah. to give him praise right and what is it what happens when i do that how yeah so i'm curious that? about that as a guy so what kind of worship music or worship setting or worship devices did you use as part of your own kind of time with that? Yeah. Well, so we, we talked about a lot of things, uh, for me personally, um, worship exists in a lot of different ways. So, um, you know, it certainly exists at music in at, at church, like when we meet on Sundays. Right. But it also exists for me in the car in prayer mm-hmm. as I drive in to work, right, and pour out my heart for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. right, and uh, with radio off, just you and God talking, yep. driving down the road. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and then for me too, I, I like to do a lot of woodworking, and and so that's worship for me, right, where I spend time with Him doing something that I imagine Jesus would have. That's done, right. right, Jesus and, might have done some work. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, so a lot of that to me is worship, but then there's also worship, I think, in serving, and um, and doing when we're walking on the path that he set out for us, that's an act of worship, I think, yeah, right? And, and absolutely. responding to him with obedience going, okay, this is where I, I think you're telling me to go. I'm gonna go there, 
and I'm going to see what you have for me. How cool is that? You really have delved into lots of different areas of how you can follow Christ. A, a lot of times for men, worship is defined as those are the three songs we sing on Sunday. And a lot of times the songs that we sing, my friend Jim White says, they're kind of like Jesus is my boyfriend songs. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Whereas, you know, men are wanting something that's different, even in the kind of music that we listen to. A lot of times people say, well, why is the music loud and why do you have the bass line? Well, a lot of times it's because that appeals to the the male part of the audience as yeah. well, too. Yeah. Um, although we understand it can get, get too loud for some people. For some people, it's not loud enough. Yeah. That's what's always hard about right. the music part. Right. But you've translated it to say that worship is so much more than just music. It's yeah. how you work. It's how you serve. Let's transition to that. Sure. So not only have you taken steps in your journey with Christ by learning to love Jesus through worship and through the kinds of things that you're doing in your group, you're also taking steps with him, becoming like him, by doing group life together and individual life and the time you're having when you're driving down the road with Jesus, that's discipleship time as well, too. Um, but also, you've alluded to serving. And today, I just got to give yeah. you a shout-out, man. You got your Kids Point t-shirt on, and it has love, share, become on the front of it. And that's, that's just so important to me. Why is it, as a man, that you felt called to jump into Kids Point, and what kind of difference has it made in your life? Yeah, uh that's a great question. Um, I so I've been serving in Kids Point a little over two years, I think. Fantastic. Um, I think, <laughs> I think for me, um, I was just convicted one day, um, and just heard him say, you know, it's time to surf. Cool. And and so I've responded to where, what do I do, right? And and it was kids. And what did he put you inside of Kids Point? Uh, fourth and fifth grade boys. Okay. Which was funny because that's not where I envisioned myself. Mm. Um, you know, I back then it was Andrea Knowles who was in KP, and yeah, she did a great job. She for did, us. yeah, she really and did. and uh, and a huge reason why I think I had that conviction was you know how sweet she was to Finley when Finley started going mm. back there and the love that we felt from the nursery and the right. volunteers there, and then later on in in first and second or uh, ones and twos and twos and threes now, and um, and I love how God has orchestrated just the most loving people back there to love on our kids, and yeah. and that's what it's about, and. Um, but, but no, so I, I, I heard, you know, kids and, and so I, I said, okay, well, you know, I've got a, at the time I had basically a newborn, uh, yeah. and, and so I said, you know, well, it's a nursery, right? Like that's where I belong. And, and, uh, Andrea said, now we need you in fourth and fifth grade boys. And I said, okay, all right, that's different. I have, I have a newborn girl. I don't know anything about fourth, fifth grade boys. Except you've been one at least. Yeah, one except time I life. was one at one point <laughs> long ago. Right. And, and, um, but when I tell you um, an incredible journey with the, the, the amount of things that I've learned from these boys in this experience, right? And Jesus talks about coming to him as a child, right? And what better way to do that than to study them and to be with them yeah. and surrounded by them. Yeah, in the that way pivotal that time in their life. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and it's incredible because they, their faith is unquestioned so many so much of the time right despite their experiences or whatever their home life may be or whatever situations that they've grown up in the one thing that's con is is constant to them is that god is sovereign mm. or he's powerful yep and he's everywhere right and we forget that as adults sometimes because life has gotten in the way or or people have gotten in the way right and so they they challenge us these kids challenge us to to remember what faith actually is. Absolutely. Right. And um, so incredible journey working with these kids. And um, we've developed uh, through, through Brittany and Austin Cook and Sloan and, and uh, Justin, we've developed a lot of great curriculum for preteens and what that looks like and yeah. how we treat fourth and fifth grade, um, not like kids, right? but not quite, you know, at the collision point yet where they're, right. you know, in, in middle school. But how do we prepare? So collision, for those of you who don't know, is our student ministry where life and faith collide is the goal of that. So you're talking about preparing them for that time. Yeah, exactly. Right. And and, and and it's different, right? So in collision, they spend a lot more time in the Word um, and, and small group settings and things like that, right? And so rather than just kind of one day you go from KP and this large group and we're having a lot of fun and games and we do some scripture to... Now it's very different, right? Yeah. And so, so we're and middle school is hard too. Yeah. That journey between fourth and fifth grade to middle school is huge. As a matter of fact, 
I don't know anybody that wants to go back to middle school ever. <laughs> Every time I ask somebody, would you like to go back and be a middle school again? No, because yeah. your body's changing, yeah. hormones are changing. <laughs> you're kind of a man or a young man or young woman, but you're not really yet. And yeah. all that kind of stuff's going on. So thank God we got people like you that are helping us at that pivotal time. As a matter of fact, I have a granddaughter, Ella, who's in the fourth grade, and she's in the class that we just created in the, or used to be the prayer room off the worship center yeah. because it's so packed. So just thank God that there are people like you to help young guys like that. And it's really important too, that we discovered over the years that this kind of became a common theme. Even my, my son and my daughter who are now adults themselves would say when it kind of got the fourth and fifth grade, it was still kind of too babyish for us. And so we've made that strategic leap to help us to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think what's interesting, right, is you think about serving back there and, and gets point and you go, what, that's really more so babysitting, isn't it? And what, and it's, and it's not at all. Mm -hmm. That's the furthest thing from what goes on back there. Um, and you know, for parents and, and it's, and it's wild back there when we try to transition yeah. you know, between pickup times and whatnot. And, mm -hmm. and we're starting to be very intentional with parents and, um, Anthony, for example, yesterday, his daughter Eden prayed. And, and so I pulled him aside and was like, Hey, Eden prayed in front of everybody today. That's a big, wow. step, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, Mason Prestwood has done that before. And I, I let Josh know, you know, like, Hey, he's, he's prayed, you know, it's a, he's never done that before. It's a big step. And, um, so you get to be part of those conversations, right. Where I hope that they see, uh, our kids point volunteers as advocates for their children, just like they are, right. They're not just babysitting your kids Absolutely. for an hour so that you can get poured into, they're pouring into your kids too. Right. And, and one thing I love that we did last year with the red thread is, is we kept it consistent with what was going on. And I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall at dinner tables or rides home, right. Where they know, yeah. Oh yeah. You talked about Noah or you talked about, right. Um, you know, uh, whatever it is. Right. And, um, for those that are yeah. new to our church last year, we did this series called the red thread. And ultimately, uh, Billy Graham said that the red thread of the Bible is the blood of God ultimately sacrificed in Christ and life of the flesh is in the blood Leviticus 17, 12. And so what we did was we kind of took the Bible from 10,000 feet and then married together students and children also studying the same stories in the Bible for this past year. And this year we're doing the stories of Jesus and you guys are doing some incredible things. I think the other thing that I really love about the way we do things, it's, it's called the orange strategy. It's where the, the love of the family, which is passionate for us, symbolized by the color red, is married together with the yellow, which is the light of Christ, and ultimately becomes orange. And so we want to partner together with families to build a spiritual legacy. And just it, it just man, makes my heart just jump to know that there are men that are accepting this challenge and women that are accepting this challenge to help life and faith really come alive at church and at home at the same time. You know, one thing we actually went to the Orange Conference. Uh, yeah, tell us about a couple that weeks ago. Week. Well, it was incredible to sum it up, right? Uh, but one thing that that was staggering to me, right? And and I guess we shouldn't be all that surprised, but um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna fudge on the numbers here, but there was uh, a statistics that they pulled up to show how this generation Gen Alpha feels about institutions, right? And mm -hmm. and whether that's government or that's churches mm -hmm. or. Um, what have you, police, right? And and it is as lowest as it's ever been, right? Right. And, and I think when we think about what examples have we set, right? And and what's playing into that, right? Mm -hmm. But one thing that is true is that um, this is the time with these kids and in, in building that firm foundation for their faith, right? So that when they are challenged or when that they are um, having doubts, they have a fallback. They 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 have a firm foundation, right? right? And so I think so much of the work that we do, right? If you ask me, what do you do in Kids Point? We build foundations. Fantastic. That's what we do. That's a great way to put it. So it's also interesting that generationally, so World War II, the baby busters, and then the followed by the baby, the builders, and then the, the boomers, right? And that kind of stuff. Different generations experience the truth of God in different kinds of ways. Yeah. So for people that are, are my age or older, of course, I was born in the 60s, so we're kind of like completely mixed up, free love, sex, and war, and all that kind of stuff, and they assassinated political leaders, and just a terrible time in our history of our nation, but um, prior to that, our parents believed, and our grandparents believed, and our great-grandparents believed, this is the truth, the Bible says it, that settles it, we're going to live it out no matter what happens, right? But particularly beginning in the baby boomers and then the generation Xers and Gen Y and Z. Now we're back to Gen Alpha. 
the experientials become so much more important. Um, my youngest daughter's 28 and she doesn't really care so much about owning a home or owning a car. A car is a vehicle to get her to her next experience. Yep. A home is something to get her to the next experience. So there can be a danger if you approach it from both sides at extremes. Extreme number one is just believe it is the truth yep. because you need to see it way down experience as well. On the other hand, the other pole of that is, is you got to experience it and you got to feel it, feel it for it to be real. It sounds to me like based upon your generate, your story and your generation and in you particularly that you found a place where truth and experience have learned to mold together and meld together. Yep. Well, and, and what I've learned in my experience, right, is that when I have faith, it is then substantiated, right? Right. So when I believe that he protects me, that's when I see a hot air balloon show up, right? And right. so it's not him, it's not him saying, let me prove it to you. It's me saying, I believe you. And then him going, well, here's your proof. Wow. Right? And so Ooh. it's a response, right? Going back to what I was saying earlier around um, just being in communion with God, right? Yeah. And having communication with him, that's that's how I that's how I live that out. I try to anyway, right? Is is I believe you, I trust you, help my faith, right? Right. And then there's a response, and it just becomes about me opening my eyes and ears to the response and, and getting used to it. That's cool. So the way that I understand that, if I'm getting this from you, is that you learn to take a step in truth, and when you take a step in understanding the foundational truth, God shows you through experience that the truth is the truth, yep. and He verifies it through experience. Right. I think we have to have both, right? Yep. You've got to read scripture and then how does this apply to my life? Right. And that's why we do the step process and the way that we go through journaling as our church and that kind of stuff. Yep. Really alluded to some really cool things too. And you've talked about the new generations. So anything else that you'd want guys to know in particular about how you've taken steps with Jesus because you served? Yeah. I mean, so with men in general, right? I, I think there's, there's a lot of, things that, that go into that. Right. And there's, you know, it, there could be ego, right. Sure. And, you know, I, you know, I've got it, you know, and, and there so could be I. circumstances, right. There could be, um, you know, my dad was like this. And so mm -hmm. I, this is how I am. Right. Or, or there could be things that pains that we don't let go of because we, we don't realize their pains, right? right. We're hurt that we need to let go of that. We don't realize is there. Right. And so, you know, I think the challenge I'd say for men, right is to let him explore your heart and respond to that, right? right? Where are those things? What are those things I do need to let go of, right? And then it's it's in that relationship that you start moving forward in your faith, right? Whether that is through serving or that is through um, getting involved with groups or allowing a community to be, to be part of your life right. um, because you're going to be open to it, right? And so, cool. um, you know, what's nice is I, I think we, there's surely lots of different ways you can use your time and talents at, at the point, right? And there's lots of ways that you could join a group, whether, as we talked about, mm -hmm. whether that's, you know, physical or if that's virtual or if that is, you know, something... In between. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and so I think that for a lot of us, and this was my story, right, is just taking that first step, right? And it's, it's you know, it's being called out in the water, yeah. right? Mm. And is it... You're talking about Peter walking on yeah, water, right? Yeah. And so... Am I going to, you know, and so, so that call for water or call to walk on the water for me was join a group. What do you have to lose? Yeah. You know, what, what's going to be so scary about it? If you do, if you don't like the guys, you don't have to keep going. Right. But maybe you will, maybe you will develop into relationships and maybe they'll become really firm friendships, which is what that's turned into for me. Right. Right. Or what do you have to lose? If you, if you go back to kids point and you spend a couple Sundays, you know, with some kids, right. You know? Worst that could happen is is you you serve somewhere else you you clean toilets or you help people park. Best case scenario, uh, you could be part of a child's faith journey and you could be an advocate for them and their parents. Absolutely. So the thing I love about that is you've already alluded to when people help people get parked, when people make sure the blue stuff is in the commode and the commode is cleaned, when people take the initiative to get in the room with children. All of us are part of helping discipleship happen. Absolutely of loving Jesus and becoming like Jesus and sharing him with others. That is really powerful. I think something else relative to men is that, that we need to remember is that before there was an Eve, it was God and Adam. Yep. And our Heavenly Father is calling out to us 
in, in instructing us. Now, being an earthly father as well, I know there are all kinds of ways that I've messed up my kids. I hope that I've not messed them up more than I've helped them in their lives. But they're constantly looking for the blessing of their father, yep. right, uh, whether it's male or female. And so I'm assuming your father also had some blessing part of your life and has been that guy to say you've got what it takes and you, you know what it's like, Dave, and you can do it, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. My, my dad's always been encouraging, right, and, and helped me follow things. And uh, both my parents really um, have been a lot of, what do you want to do, right? And unless it's going to be dangerous or, you know, something, then we'll, we'll caution you against it. But make your choices, right? right. And, um, and we'll be here to, to help you, yeah. right? And He's guiding you from the Heavenly Father's wisdom yeah. as an earthly father. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. So, well, I feel like we could talk for days on end about this. We need to do a, a another podcast with you and Anthony here because you're kind of our, oh, mes- yeah. our resident <laughs> mystics, you know, so we can tell them more stuff too. Um, let, let me just kind of throw some things out to you that I want to just kind of get some um, sure. uh, kind of hot seat kind of questions. So these are kind of either or questions. So when you vacation, you'd rather go to the mountains or the beach? Um, I feel like I should say beach because I went to school there. Um, okay. But uh, wintertime mountains, fall time mountains. Okay, so it depends on the season. Yeah. All right. So ice cream or cake? Ice cream. What kind of ice cream? Um, anything from Handles. Handles? I was going to say Tony's out. or Handles. Yeah. Uh, so does Handles out do Tony's right now? They do, but okay, right. we lived in Indianapolis. There was one walking distance from our apartment. Okay. And so we used to go more often than we needed to. Um, and, but we, you know, it was fine cause we walked there. So surely that's, that's killing the calories. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, incredible. Um, yeah. so pecan praline. Pecan, uh, okay. That's your favorite yeah. ice cream of choice. So handles, I kind of think about the hallelujah chorus yep. handle, right, the handle <laughs> right. Put some of that in your mouth and it goes hallelujah. Right. Yep. <laughs> that's a good deal. Okay. So history or math? Ooh, uh, math. Okay. Um, science or trigonometry? Science. I was a marine biology major in school. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how we got to where we are, but okay. that, that was what happened. Whales or, <laughs> whales or seagulls? Ooh, um, whales. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sperm whales or killer whales? Um, I'll go sperm whales. Okay. Cold water or hot water? Okay, hot. wait. Go ahead. To, to, go ahead oh, sperm whales. I was going to because killer whales are dolphins. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, they are dolphins. Learned something here today. Yeah, there you go. Killer whales are dolphins. <laughs> I know that they mess with sharks, right? Yep. They got yeah. teeth. All right, so hot water or cold water? I'm talking about the ocean. Oh, warm. Yeah, hot water for sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I think when I was a kid, I used to play, you know, if it was a pool or whatever, cold water, fine. doesn't phase me because I don't think it. I don't think kids register with that. But now I'm much more of a baby about getting in a pool, you know, that's like below 80. Like, okay. uh, it's not going to happen. Trips by cruise or trips by airplanes? I have never done a cruise, okay. um, but I do love to fly. Um, a lot of people hate it, but no, it's, it's, I get the best sleep that I, I, I don't nap. I'm jealous. I'm not I a napper, um, but on a plane, I can fall asleep immediately and stay asleep. I don't know if it's the background noise or the turbulence or what, but I'm. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. I love it. So I've got one of those noise apps on my phone. I need white noise sometimes at yep. night. And one of them is like an airplane flying. That's really cool. So traveling out of the country or in the country? Um, so I have seen a lot of the country just from work. I, I've traveled, I've seen close to, if not over a hundred college campuses. Okay. And, um, there's so much to see in this country that I think a lot of people don't take advantage of. And, and I mean, silly things like I, I drove through Iowa, like all through Iowa one time and yeah. it's, there's nothing but just beautiful rolling, you know, wheat fields. Right. right? And there's something majestic about it in the sunsets, you yeah. know, and, and it's not watching the it. beach over yeah. corn or right. wheat, right? right? So I think we, sometimes we get into this like, well, I've got to go to the Grand Canyon or I've got to go see Mount Rushmore. Or, I've got to go this. And it's like, but there's beauty within the U.S. just being around, right? Cool. So. All right. So uh, Dodge Challenger or Lamborghini? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Lamborghini. Okay, cool. Yeah. cool. Very yeah. good. Action movies or chick flicks? Action movies. Okay. Yeah, I will watch a chick flick. I, I will do that if, if Stacey's, you know, so willing. Uh, I'll, I'll be into that. It's fine. It's quality time. Uh, but action movies for me. I love it. Uh, Liam Neeson or Denzel Washington? Ooh. Liam Nielsen, I should say, right? Yeah. I, I'm going to go. Neeson or Nielsen? I think Neeson. It is Neeson. Yeah. Thank you very I'm, much. I'm going to go Denzel. Okay. All yeah. right. Good deal. Yeah. I just watched Safe House yesterday. Great. Yeah. What a movie. show. And uh, I can't, I mean, remember the Titans is just, oh, yeah. it's so classic. Absolutely. That's cool. <laughs> um, let's see. Barbecue or steak? 
Ooh. Uh, I made steak last night, so it's on my mind. So I'm going to say steak. Okay. But I do yeah. like barbecue. Winter or summer? Winter. For okay. sure. This no, the North Carolina summer, the humidity and the ninety degrees, I'm not into it. I tell my wife all the time, uh, like move me up to the most northern part of Canada and I'll be happy. Um, you know, but, but and she's the exact opposite. So I didn't say, but when we lived in Indianapolis, I spent the first year there by myself. So that's when we were engaged. Hmm. And uh, and mild winter, two thousand two thousand twelve into thirteen, yeah. mild winter, nothing. And so I told her, I said, and she's, she was like, I hate cold weather. You know, then you're moving me to the Midwest. I don't know. <laughs> and I said, honey, it's fine. Like it's not even, it snowed like three times. It's fine. Year she got there, worst winter since like 72 <laughs> or something and constant blizzards. And, you know, we drove on ice and snow for like seven months and she was like, what did you do? You lied. And, uh, that is so yeah. funny. So I don't think she's forgiven me yet for that, but because of that, we'll never live in cold weather again. So yeah. it's a little sad. We're going back down to the South. Yeah. We're not going back. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dave, man, just thank you so much for what you've done this far. Before we close today, is there um, anything that's a, like a life verse for you or something you've read recently that you'd want to leave folks with that's kind of an inspiration to you from Scripture? Yeah. Um, so my life verse actually is uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Mm -hmm. um, it's so simple, right? Um, so um, okay, now I'm going to mess it up, right? Uh, but joyful, celebrate always. always yeah. Celebrate always. Pray uh, constantly and give thanks to the Lord no matter the situation, right? Awesome. And I think if you can do those three things, um, like I said all the way to the beginning of the podcast, right? How do I make it easier? It's got to be easier. Yeah. Those are the things that make it easier. So it sounds to me like just as a theme for this whole time we've had together, praying always, yep. celebrating life, and giving thanks no matter what. It kind of seems the whole theme of your whole life. Yeah, that's right. So that's what I try to do anyway. That's awesome. It's not we're, perfect. But. We're just so honored to have you as part of our church. And you're going to have to come back, man. We're going to have to get the Mystics group back together and let people understand what that's all about. Yeah, no, that'd be fun. If you've got the, yeah, I love being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, Dave. And congratulations on the baby. Thank you. Take care of mama through the summer. I will. Keep her in the air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and keep the, like, the pickles and the ice cream and yeah, all that stuff going. You got going. it. You got it. So thank you so much for being in our church and just showing us the practical steps we can take as we love Jesus and become like him and share him with others. Absolutely. Thank so you. thank you so much. We'll see you next time for the next episode of the Next Step Podcast. Thanks again, Dave. Thank you.